You're listening to WTSN, and this is Fleet News Pulse. This cycle on the Pulse. The 4th Light Division cuts deep into enemy territory on a dangerous mission. Ongoing trouble within the Exorn conglomerate. A Terran Stellar Navy summit. And of course, our regular news roundup. All this on the Pulse. Here is the news roundup of recent events in the operational area of the 4th Light Division. Acting on intelligence, from Lieutenant Senior Mundy's further debriefings with the Kralian Oracle, corroborated by unusual sensor readings from ONI Section Blue, the 4th Light deployed into Atlantis' system, searching for emissions signatures relating to the Forerunner artifacts, especially in the vicinity of Research Station 261. A number of Caltron primary units were encountered. Sensor resolution was sharply reduced thereafter, and the Division engaged several Caltron fleets. After being struck by fragments of a Caltron wreck, TSN Viper suffered a strange phenomenon where her comms signature read as Caltron and the galley appliance began to glow blue. Remaining Caltrons treated Viper as friendly and began integrating her into their comm network. Meanwhile, USFP traffic registered her IFF as hostile, even opening fire on her as she engaged a nearby Caltron. Even as TSN Sabre and the Section Blue Special Purpose Frigate successfully defended the sector stations, Viper suffered a number of system malfunctions, including the venting of atmosphere. After an uncomfortable period in spacesuits, the crew ejected Lieutenant Commander Matian's coffee pot in a life pod from where it was retrieved and sequestered in the specialized containment facilities aboard the frigate. EMP ordnance was used to disrupt the ongoing corruption of Viper's systems and the crew abandoned ship to allow in-system security to recover her for repair. Based on readings obtained during this mission, Section Blue's specialized equipment was able to pinpoint the location of the Hjorden artifact at Station Charlie 1-2 in Erebus Sector 1. The division prepared and executed a deep strike to obtain it. Numerous heavy fleets were on defensive alert in the target sector. TSN Sabre and Horizon were hard-pressed to force them clear of the drop zone. TSN Excalibur ran the blockade to deploy a regular company of TSN Marines and a Section Blue SWAT team to locate and extract the artifact, which has been linked to widespread civil unrest in the territories of the Krellian Order. Determined, but ultimately unsuccessful attempts, were made to prevent the Division's return through the Kronos Gate. Exiting the gate, the Division found themselves accompanied by a pair of Caltron primaries, which they quickly dispatched. Rapidly departing the sector of the gate, radiation was detected near it, followed by the appearance of a number of swirling nebula eddies, so dense they registered as asteroids. A Caltron jump singularity also appeared close by, and contact was lost with gate control. If Caltrons are able to subvert the gate network, Considerable TSN resources will be tied up in future convoy escort duties, but worse, if the gate itself has been destabilized, the jump point may drift or be lost entirely, with severe consequences for interstellar trade and navigation. We will bring you further updates as soon as we learn more. And now, Interstellar News. A few weeks ago, during a military exercise, there was a collision of two ships, the TSN Phoebus and the TSN K-Run. They and three other ships were taking part in war games in the Sol system when one of them drifted off course and struck the other. Ten enlisted and seven officers were killed or injured. After a lengthy investigation, the Terran Stellar Navy released its findings. The collision was, in fact, avoidable. The captains of each vessel and their first officers have been court-martialed for gross incompetence while in command and will also be appearing before a military tribunal. 
The Ixoran conglomerate of planets has activated an old clause in their membership constitution and has taken complete control of Ixor 7, who had recently announced its independence. The ICP government has had military installed on I-7 for roughly three cycles and is now ordering them to take control of the local government. The leaders of the I-7 independence movement have either been taken into custody or have fled the system. The Exoran ruling council has closed its borders and halted all trade with other systems. Fleet news correspondents have been asked to vacate our Exoran news desks. The leaders of the I-7 referendum and independence movement that were not immediately captured have requested asylum in systems and organizations that do not have extradition treaties with the ICP. While this story is ongoing, we will not have any information regarding the fate of Exora 7 for the foreseeable future. Wait, I'm getting reports that the ICP has not cut ties with Nantech, a rogue planetoid that has been allegedly testing forbidden weapons. An interesting fact about the Neutron Cascade device is that it requires a massive amount of rare earth elements and high-powered magnets. This, uh, uh, we will be investigating this more in the coming days. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the Terran Stellar Navy is holding a major conference and training session at the Kitchener Command Center in the Sol System. This is a joint endeavor comprising elements of the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Light Divisions. Included on the docket, the aforementioned tribunal and sharing intel on the Unicalhi and Caltrons. That's all we have for this cycle. Join us next time as we delve further into the news and views of Promethean Command. This has been Fleet News Pulse. This is WTSN, the Fleet News Service. None faster, none truer. The Fleet News Service wants to hear from you. What do you like about the program? Do you have any comments about our stories? Would you like to know more? Go to fleetnews.site and leave a comment. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.